So I'm going to move on with the message because I'm actually really excited what I want to share with you today. And um, I, it's going to be kind of funny because it's kind of something that I actually have a problem with. And I'm not going to tell you right away with it is because I kind of want to talk a little bit about some of my experience in life <clears throat> these last few years. And you might have heard my story before, and I'm okay with that because I don't have a problem telling it multiple times because I like my story. And I like to talk, so you're welcome. And <laughs> it's going to be fun. So my story is also, it's just, it's, it's my life with God. And I will always talk about it because it brings honor to him and glory to him. And it just makes me fall back in love with him that many more times. So never, ever stop telling your story, guys. Because you don't just tell it to other people for you. You tell it to other people for them. But you get so much out of it when you remind yourself of what God did in your life. It, you just do like it, it, it re it refills my tank. And sometimes it just makes me that much more bolder. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, I forgot he did that. And then I just jumped that much further into the deep end and, um, it's totally worth it. So one of the things I want to share with you quick is years ago, I was a severe workaholic. And for some of you who know me, that might not be hard to believe, but for others, it might. Because um, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm a workaholic now, but I do tend to keep myself really busy. If you don't know that, ask my family. They hardly ever see me. <laughs> don't look at me like that, Sarah. Um, I do love them very much, but I am very busy. But this is a good different kind of busy. But before, I would work so much that I would barely give myself four hours a day to sleep. And if I used those four hours, I was lucky. Like, it got to the point where I would sit down to put my shoes on, and I would fall asleep putting my shoes on because I would not rest. And I had a full-time job at the hospital where I worked overnights from 11 at night to 7 in the morning. I would go to the fire department where I was volunteer rescue and fire EMS. And then I would also go and do my part-time job as a, um, not a volunteer, but as a uh, mentor with troubled kids in the area. And then I would go home to rest, but I would always have my pager on because if there was a fire or a rescue call, I had to get up and do it because somebody was in need of help, right? And so I, I was just going nonstop. But what I didn't know that fueled that and what really pushed that drive was that I thought that I always had to provide for myself, and if I wasn't going to do it, no one else would. It, I mean, it was bad, and I trusted nothing. I was constantly worried about money, if I could do a side job to get the money. And it's not that I, I, didn't, I needed it. Like, I always had enough, but I had such a poverty mentality that I never had enough. And so I had this belief that I knew and, and that this, this knowledge of God that he is my provider, right? And it was a belief, but it wasn't something I ever really stepped out in. So for years, I did this after I left my parents' home, and I actually got fired from a job because I kept showing up late because I kept falling asleep when I would put my shoes on. No joke. I literally would wake up 20 minutes later, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm late. And it was horrible. I actually got fired on my birthday, and that was bad because everybody's calling to wish you happy birthday, and I'm like, thanks. It's like... But it was something I did to myself, you know, and, and I completely understood, like I knew what my, why my boss did it, but it was still frustrating. And then I was in this place where now I was like, well, what do I do now? Because it was really my job that kind of kept me where I was. I mean, I loved my church where I was, but really the job, it was a good job. And it made sense to stay there and do it. And I was left in this place where I'm like, what else? Now what do I do? Right? And so I was like, okay, well, let's see what God wants me to do. 
And not that I fully knew what that meant because I was only just starting to learn how to really hear his voice and trust it. But what he started asking me to do was little things. And those little things were moved from a place that had become home for me to a place closer to town with one of my sisters, actually. But it wasn't so much living with my sister that I was scared of. It was <laughs> the fact that I had to leave my little cottage in the woods that had become home, and I loved it. And it was the first place that really felt like home for me in years. And I had to trust that he would keep that place for me in my heart, even though the building wasn't there around me anymore. Does that make sense? So he does that. And then he asked me to move out of town to a place further away but stay in my church. And then he asked me to go to a school of ministry that I had no money for because I still hadn't gotten a job. This was like four months later. And I had to be like, okay, yes, and trust that he would provide. And then he kept putting me in places where I had to be willing to stay with people that I barely knew because they said, come, come live here. And he says, go do it. And I'm like, but I can't give them rent. I can't do this. And he's like, just go. So God kept slowly showing me that he was my provider, right? And it took years because he did it many times, and I still have moments where I still struggle with it. Not as much, but it'll come back. See, but what I, what I wanted to share with you today is that in all of that, when I sit down and really think about it, I have a problem with faith. <laughs> See, because the problem with faith is, is it really makes you have to step out and take a risk, and it pushes you outside of your comfort zone in ways that you would never think would be uncomfortable. But they are. So, see, the problem with faith is it challenges us to take something that we believe and actually put it into practice. Right? So, I have all of these beliefs about God. All of these things that I know to be true. But down here, do I really trust it? Do I really say, yes, God is my provider? It's all in his hands. He tells me to go. He's going to provide the way. He's going to provide while I'm there. And he's going to show me where to go next. I can say that. And it's really easy to say. I mean, I just did it with no problem, right? But can I actually say yes when he says, now it's time to go? So I was in this place where he showed me gradually. See, because faith is relationship-based right? I don't, I don't have to have a relationship with God to believe him. I don't have to have a relationship to believe in him, to know about him. I could talk about God all my life and still never know him. But faith caused me to have to start having a relationship with him. So the problem with faith <laughs> is that he always wants more in a relationship <laughs> And I love that and hate it at the same time because I'm like, how much more uncomfortable could you possibly make me? <laughs> and he finds a way. <laughs> and I'm okay with it sometimes. At other times, I just grin and bear it. <laughs> but I know that stepping out is worth way more than not stepping out at this point. And it took me a while to get there, but I got there. So you see, in many ways, my spiritual walk was much easier and not so complicated until faith got into the picture, right? And I'm sure for some of you, you can relate to that. Because we could have years of being Christians, and years of knowing about God, and years of even praying for other people, praying about situations, 
trusting for him to be true to his word that we read regularly or not so regularly for some of us. I would encourage you to read it regularly because it feeds you, it encourages you, it builds your spirit. But it's a lot different when you actually have to step out in those things that you've been leaving, been believing for years. And I bring this up because I really feel like we're in a position in the church body that we, I don't think we've been here before. And, and the world really, really needs what we have to offer. It really needs what we have, what we know. And we, we have to, it's, I know it always has. I, I mean, I know I'm only 34. So I'm sure for you, many of you, when you were my age, you're like, oh man, the world's going to hell. Right? And it's, you're like, I can't imagine it could possibly get any worse. How bad could it get? But then I look at my life in the last 34 years, and I look at the world, and I'm like, God, I'm worried about how much worse it could get. And how bad will it be before it's too late? This is really an unexpected turn because I wasn't thinking about this originally, but we really are in a place that our belief needs to turn into faith. See, because faith is a, is, is a thing of action, right? So belief is easy. It's an opinion, judgment, in which you are personally fully persuaded that this is true. It's just something that you know no matter what. And it can change over time. As you learn more about something, your, your belief or your opinion can change, right? But faith, it's hard. It includes our beliefs. It's bigger than our beliefs. But it's hard. It really challenges us. It really does. Are you guys okay? Okay. <laughs> I can barely hear you breathing. It's okay. <laughs> just want to make sure you're alive. I'm all about raising the dead, so if anybody needs prayer, you let me know. I'm up for the challenge. Elsa, you want to pray with me? Yeah? You good? Yeah. She's like, ah. She's like don't call me out, Mary. <laughs> um. It includes our, our belief system, but it requires action, right? So I want to share a scripture with you because James himself says this to us. So James 2.17, he says, In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Did you feel that, Sandy? <laughs> faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. So you really have to look at yourself and say, do I have faith in God or do I just believe in God? Because if I have faith in God, there should be more action in our lives. So like Amy Jo's, what she shared about being in school of ministry and how it's affected her life, like that's really encouraging to me. Because I remember that same experience for me, moving from a place where I just knew ministry needed to happen to actually being equipped to do ministry. And that was a really cool place to be. See, because she has moved from just a belief system into a life of faith. Because now she believes not only that if she prays, God will move. She actually prays so that God can move. See, we can believe it all day long, but it does nothing for no one. Nothing. Maybe for yourself because you feel good about it. 
Jesus didn't die on a cross for me to feel good about myself. He died on a cross for people to be saved, to know their heavenly father. He died on a cross so that we can be healed and made restored back to God. And it's not just for us. It's for every single person. Every single person. So when we walk in just a life of belief, we're not living our purpose. We're not being the hands and feet of Jesus. We might as well just be lying down and dead in a grave right now. And that seems harsh, but it's just, it's so real. It's so real. And it's so easy to sit and get your feel-goods from going to church, and worship was amazing, and the message was on point. It was just speaking to me. But then you go home, and you tell nobody about Jesus. And you go the whole week with just a belief system. And never talking to anyone until church on Sunday the next week who already has the belief system you have. And we can encourage each other. And we can minister to each other because we do need that. We really, really do. And it's a powerful thing. Don't ever discredit it. But we need that so that we can go back out to walk in faith and to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to move in action. I think... (laughs) It's funny. Think about the story of Gideon. I'm going to try to get this right. How many? Of you, some of you might be familiar with this, but I think about the battle with the Midianites, right? And Gideon starts out with, ooh, my memory, 32,000 soldiers. Please don't check my numbers. I might be wrong. I'm giving you a general. 32,000 soldiers, right? <clears throat> and God says, Gideon, I want to hand the Midianites over to you but your numbers are too many. I want to give you this battle, but you need less men to fight it. So I think 22,000 of them leave. Hey, I'm getting thumbs up from John. All right. I'm going with it. 22,000 leave. (laughs) 22,000 leave. And he's left with 10,000. And God says, ah, you still have too many. <laughs> Could you imagine? Too many. Too many soldiers to win this battle. Now, mind you, the Midianites had so many soldiers that the camels alone for them to ride on and to travel with, they said was like counting the sand in the desert. They said it just, it, was, it went on and on. The camels And not every man and soldier rode a camel. A lot of them walked. So God says, sorry, 10,000, too many. So he sends them down to the river to drink. And he says, the ones who bend down and pull the water up and drink it from their hand as opposed to kneeling down are the ones you get to take into battle with you. And that left him with 300 men. You go from 32,000 to 300. Am I good, John? Numbers are good? Hey! (sighs) Jesus. 300. And God says, okay, now you're good. Now you can go to battle. I don't know about you, 
But I would be in a really, really tough place of saying, I believe this is the God that I know who can win any battle. He's bigger than any war, bigger than any man. But am I still willing to step out and trust that he says he's going to let me win, that he's going to give me, I, I mean, I think their soldiers outnumbered them four to one, maybe five to one, something like that. Does that sound good, John? Yeah, I'm getting the nod. I'm loving this. My memory is usually not this good. This is totally God. (laughs) It is so good. But 300, 300 men, God sends them to battle. And they surround the camp. And they all blow their trumpets at the same time. And God turns the Midianite soldiers against themselves. And they destroy themselves. And all Gideon had to do was say yes. All he had to do was trust and actually walk out, not just believe the God he serves is the most powerful, most amazing God, but he actually had to step out and say, yeah, I really believe he can do this, and I'm going to partner with it. I would love to say that I would do that, um, I, I might probably not have, actually. <laughs> I like to live. <laughs> I would have been a little afraid. I don't know if my faith is quite there yet. I want it to be. But could you imagine 32,000 men down to 300? Jesus tells us in Matthew seventeen twenty. I put in the New King James Version because... I really like how it says it here. It's a little different than what most of us have heard this scripture probably. This is after the disciples had come to him and they tried to cast a demon out of a boy who was possessed and they couldn't. And they're like, God, why? Well, they say, Jesus, why? They're like, why couldn't we do it? Because they tried. Jesus prayed. Demons leave. Boys amazingly healthy because that's what Jesus does, right? And they say, why? And he goes, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. He does go on to say, but in this case, you need fasting and prayer. But I love this scripture because it also tells us that faith is more powerful than belief. And I've never really caught that before. Because their unbelief made it hard to cast out a demon, right? But God says a faith as a mustard seed still would have done the job. So our beliefs are powerful. They build us up. They root us. But it's our faith that shows the power of God. It's our faith that moves us from a place of just being a Christian and living for God, to being a child of God and living in God. It's our faith that really pushes us past that point of complacency in our Christian faith that says, yes, I know that there's a God who can solve every problem you have and walk you through it, and it might not look the way that you want it to look when he solves it, but he can still solve it. And let me show you how. Or you can just know about that God 
maybe talk about them, but never really step out and show them how. And again, what are we doing? What, what good is it to just talk about a God that we don't actually allow to move through our lives? It, it's really imperative for the world today that we're really able and willing to step out in faith. Because there's a lot of people who don't know. It's a little different. I, I, I know my, the generation before me, and even a little bit of my generation, still grew up in the home, even if they never attended church, still having some kind of acknowledgement of God and Jesus and who, we, who they are even if they didn't personally attend church. But a big part of my generation and the ones to follow, the name of Jesus has never even been mentioned in their home. They've never even heard of the man. So it's easy to think that somebody's going to come to it on their own because eventually we all do, right? But if you think about it, none of us really got there on our own. Somebody stepped out in faith and impacted our lives. Somebody was willing to do more than just believe in a God. They were willing to talk about him, pray pray for me, push me, and say it's not okay to just settle. I had three people I worked with at Pizza Hut that really impacted me more than I think they realized because I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for their willingness to openly talk about their church and the God they serve, and their passion for him. Even though I already knew about him, and they had no idea. They had no idea that I had grown up in the church. They had no idea that I was raised in a church where people spoke in tongues, and people were slain in the spirit, and I was prophesied over many times, and I knew all about God. They didn't know that. But their passion at such a young age was very close to my own, kind of made me wonder what it would be like to go back again. And that was enough. And that greatly impacted my life. And it never stopped impacting my life. And that church was amazing, and it was exactly what I needed in the time that I needed it. And then God moved me on, but if it wasn't for them, and I think about that often because I'm so thankful if it wasn't for their willingness to be more than just believers, but people who actually walked in what they believed, I might not be standing here before you today. And I don't know what my life would have been like, but I know that I could have gotten some some hairy places because I'm really not afraid of much, which is a beautiful thing when I'm walking with God, but can be a very scary thing if I wasn't. I, I, who knows if I would even be alive right now? Because I know the potential of what I could have been. You, you know, we, if we're all really honest, we really know how ugly ourself can be, right? We really know how bad we could really get. I'm not afraid of the dark places that were in my life or that could be in my life because when I expose them and I openly talk about them, the devil can't try to make it something I'm ashamed of. He can't try to keep me in hiding. 
And I give it to the light because God knows what to do with it. And he's the one that keeps those dark places at bay. He's the one, and it's not, it, it, he, he just doesn't even keep them at bay. He overcomes them, right? Because if you try to keep them at bay yourself, you only last so long. Because after a while, you just, get, you just get sick of fighting. So I know my life would be very, very different. I just know it. And it humbles me, and it moves me. Because I'm so thankful for three teenage young adults who were so willing to talk about their faith that it pulled me back to the heart of God. I want to share one more scripture with you because this is Jesus again just telling us about faith. I have no idea why I feel so somber today. I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys good? Okay. Matthew 9, 20 through 22. Again, many, many times I've read this scripture, right? Many times. Many, I'm sure many of you have heard this multiple times. This is a woman who's been ha- having an issue with blood. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. Take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. What did she do? She touched him. She she didn't just, like, let him walk by and say, I know this is a man who can heal the sick and cast out demons and cleanse the lepers, and just watch him walk away. She said, I know, I believe, and if I can just touch him. And then she did it. See, because her belief and her knowledge just became an action. That changed her life forever. She couldn't even be in public. She wasn't even supposed to be there that day. She wasn't even supposed to be there. In that culture, it was not allowed. She should have been inside. She was unclean. And sometimes we have to step out into places that we don't think we're supposed to be or that the world tells us we're not supposed to be. Like God's not supposed to be in the school system. God's not supposed to be in our job. Anything that's outside of church, sorry, you don't get to be a Christian here. Our culture today tells us that we are meant to be in these four walls and only in these four walls in our belief and in our systems. But are we willing to say, but I know, and if I do, it will change? Are you willing to be the one in your school? Are you willing to be the one in your job? In the marketplace? Pull a Davy Joe in the bathroom? I love that. That's great. They're literally not going anywhere. (laughs) They can't can't get away from you. (laughs) But are you willing to be that person? 
that says, I don't care what culture says. I don't care what society says. You can try to tell me that this is not where I belong. But I serve a God who's bigger than your rules, than your guidelines, your boxes. I serve a God that I know that if I lose my job because of stepping out in faith, that he will provide. That he will be the one to get me the next job, and it'll be even better than the last one, and there'll be favor, because that's how he works. And we know that, but do we really know that? See, because relationship and experience are the things that keep us going after it, right? When you have faith in a human being, it's because you've known them long enough and had enough experience with them that says, I can trust them. And not all things and experiences are necessarily the faith that is good faith. Like, my sisters are pretty faithful to know that I'm always going to be 10 minutes late. But (laughs) it's our relationship, and they know that. But if they didn't know me that well, they wouldn't tell me to be there a half hour sooner than everyone else. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. (laughs) God bless you. But it's relationship and consistency in that relationship that brings us to a place that we step out in bold ways. So I'm, I'm going to ask you to stand because I want to pray for you. But I want to pray for you just a simple prayer because it's not always complicated, right? It doesn't have to be. We complicate things because we can't think it could possibly be this easy. Like, for some reason, we have to work really hard for something in order to feel like it's good enough. But it was kind of like this morning as we were ending worship, and it's like, all you have to do is say yes. And you don't have to know what you're saying yes to. You just say yes, right? And God answers it in ways that we don't even know he could answer. So my prayer for you today, and my heart for you, and for myself, because all of this, I'm just, just talking to myself too, because we all need more encouragement to step out in faith and boldness, right? And for some of us, it, it, it's to pray for the dead. And for some of us, it's just to pray. For some of us, it's just to actually start seeing the people around us. Like we're all at different places and where God's calling us to and where we've already been and where he's called us up to. And there's no shame in the, in, in the steps that you're on as long as you just keep walking. There's no shame in, in, in the climb as long as you keep climbing. And one step you stay on a little bit longer than the next one, but it's okay as long as your desire is always to move forward and upward. So the simplest prayer... <laughs> that I could think to even say is to just help you know how to say yes to God. Because it really is that simple. And it's the biggest challenge at the same time is the yes. When he says, hey, look at that person over there. And you just say yes. He doesn't even ask you to do anything yet. He just asks you to 
get outside of yourself and see the people around you. And he might do that for a while before he asks you to go and maybe share a word with them or pray for them. Or it's someone you know and, and, and he's just been laying them on your heart and then he goes, okay, now, now ask them out to lunch. So the simplest thing is just learning how to say yes, but it's also the most complicated thing sometimes. So God, we thank you today. We thank you for every single person here. Lord, we thank you that our desire is really to be more than just a believing Christian. We desire to be a Christian who's moved by faith, a Christian of action, someone who sees the world around us and knows that they need you more than anything else, and we're willing to give them what we've been holding on to. And Lord, I ask that today there was no condemnation in this message that you put out there for us, that there's no condemnation on anyone. Don't beat yourself up if you feel like you've been saying no to God. Because really the simplest thing is to just start saying yes. So Lord, any guilt and shame, we just say no to that right now. Any condemnation, we say no to it right now. And we just say, God, send your Holy Spirit to just invade our lives, to invade our hearts, and to invade our minds and to empower us in our yes to you. So Lord, I bless every single person here, and I thank you for who they are, for what they're called to do, what they're going to begin to do. I thank you for the adventure that you're about to bring them on as they learn to step out in faith in ways that they haven't before. And as ministry just rises up out of them, Because the goal isn't to be in ministry, guys. The goal is to have your life be a ministry. It's all about just your life being a ministry. And for some of you, that just might be God challenging you to smile more often. And that can be a challenge because sometimes it's not always how you feel. But a smile can minister to someone when you have the Holy Spirit present behind it. So God, I bless them today, God. I bless them, I bless them, I bless them. Pour out your spirit in greater measure. Increase in their lives today, God. Increase in their hearts today, God. Increase in their minds. Just more, 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 more. Not to hold on to, but to overflow and to saturate everything that they touch and every person that they come into contact that it just, it just seeps out of them, God. That they are so wet with your presence. That people just experience you just from a touch, from a smile, from a hello. But there's also such an urgency and understanding of the power of prayer and just sharing the true gospel, the simple gospel, that you are so loved beyond measure, that there is a man who died for you, 
so that you don't have to feel the pain that you're, pain, you're feeling, that you don't have to live in the chaos that you're living in. Lord, help us. Help us to be your hands and feet. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come forward. If you want prayer today and you want someone to pray with you for any reason, come on forward. But I bless you in the name of Jesus and I release you